Hello and welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me today is Mark Lovell, Tom Kirk and Chris Allen. Okay, it's another positive result, a draw away at Watford. This uh, life in the championship is starting to look easy, or certainly easier than expected. Chris, I'm going to come to you first over in Miami with your new mic. Hopefully you've now got it working. May or may not be the second attempt. Chris, your thoughts on another positive result can you hear me yes <laughs> yes. yes the uh, the new microphone is unplugged and sat on the side of my desk like like a very expensive ghost um i thought yesterday was great i really did i've enjoyed a game as much in a very long time even compared to some of the victories last season i think you all know I'm no expert, but they look like a high-quality side that we kept in check. Um, and it got to the point towards the end that I was enjoying it so much that I couldn't bear to watch it. You know, I know we've talked a lot around we need to get over ourselves and deserve to be in this division, but for the last 15 minutes, all I could think was, you know, hold on, we really deserve something out of this game. I think, I think we matched them. I think they had some chances, we had some chances. It was also a great game of football. It really was for a nil-nil. And I think I much preferred it to the week before. It definitely felt like a step up in quality, I would say. Obviously, the opposition has a part to play there. Tom, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd echo that largely. Um, solid away performance, hopefully first of many. Um, kind of the first turn up of the books for our rivals watching us. Beating the bookies, beating the pundits who don't really pay attention. That's always very satisfying. Um, there was a bit where Shuey looked down the camera lens of ITV in the UK last week and said, we're going to go to Watford and we won't do anything different. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't true. Um, he had a plan for them. Um, I love to see that we can do that, you know, draw up a game plan, execute it, hold a shape, hold a line and rely on our skill set, you know, get blocks in. Etc. It wasn't a shit house of a performance. I'm not. I'm not calling a game plan a, um, you know, a sort of part of the bus kind of thing. Um, we didn't sell our principles for a halfpenny. We played some football. And there was lots of flavors about who we are in that. Not perfect, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, like Chris said, I thought the uh, it was a good test against what's a very good side with talented players and a mattress full of parachute money. Yeah, very pleased. Yeah, there's a good point you make. Watford are, of course, in their second year in the championship, so halfway into their parachute payments. So a bit of a juggernaut, if you like, at least financially. Mark, for you, would you say there was any kind of uh, standout players? I mean, the defence put in a hell of a shift. There's no getting away from it. And Gibson's come in for a lot of praise online, post-game. What are your, um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I voted for Gibson as man in the match. I thought he was standout performer. Absolutely. Um, but I'd like to give credit to the goalkeeper, Hazard, as well, who, you know, he had a pretty, pretty ordinary debut. His kicking was uh, dodgy under pressure, but he was he was solid. He came for balls and he made some good saves and a good clean sheet his first of the season. So, yeah. Gibson got all a lot of the plaudits, quite rightly so, but I'd like to single out Hazard. I think he's grown um, as well. He looks slightly taller this week. He's grown in stature, that's for sure. <laughs> grown in confidence. <laughs> His hands, when he catches a ball, it looks like a golf ball. And I know I said it last week, but it, I really think that matters. Like, if you haven't got a Cooper that level of command. Yesterday showed it. I don't think he really made a huge amount of saves, if any. There was one that there was some debate whether he touched it onto the post. But he did everything else, right? He was in complete and utter control uh, of his own penalty area. Yeah, I'm, as a goalkeeper myself, I'm still not sure about a goalkeeper playing in pink, but I'll have to uh, get over it, I expect. Well, green's off the table for us, of course. That is true. <laughs> The new pink yeah, kit was announced, to, uh, released rather today, Mark. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you're into that, that's that's great. Every success. <laughs> well, I've ordered it. Thank you very much. Can't wait to get it over to Leipzig. Um, another player who ca- he came in um, for his championship debut, actually, Saxon Early. He's another one that's come in for some praise. I thought he looked really promising last season. I think he actually might flourish under this new formation. Not with the back, back four, not the back five or wing backs, if you like. Uh, Mark, can I come back to you, Saxon Early? How do you how do you feel he played yesterday? A lot more assured than last season. I thought he was a little bit um, under pressure, defending, had his problems, particularly against uh, Exeter, if I recall correctly, and Peterborough, where he gave away a penalty. Um, this was a real improvement, and uh, you could see that he grew in confidence during the game. You know, and he tired possibly towards the end, but this is this is this is exactly why we signed him from uh, Norwich. Hugely exciting. Twenty years old, put in a performance like that from where he came from. Um, he's not an academy player, is he? But he feels like it because Norwich gave it up and gave him to us for a you know nominal fee. Um, there might be a salon in there or something. But I'm hugely excited by him. Um, I think he's got the lot. He was part of some of our best moves forward. He looked a bit vulnerable at times, but that's because their wingers were terrifying and very good. And we're playing a diamond, so he's got no cover, whilst also been trying to do some attacking. Um, really impressed. And uh, I liked him against Orient. Um, he obviously got thrown in because uh, Kessler Hayden was injured. So didn't have too much uh, time to think about it, but that's not a bad thing. Um, he's got lots of promise and technical ability. It's like a new signing, even though he, uh, as in a summer signing, even though he joined us in January. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you singled out that attacking move. I think it was Adam Randall who he teed up, who, to be honest, should have done better. Yeah, I thought Tim Adam. and uh, Heron Hardy, I thought that was the best move of the game. I, I'm trying to remember how it got to there, but the, the work between Hardy and Early to make that move, to put it on a plate for uh, Randall. Um, Randall got a nosebleed, I think, um, that close to goal. Felt he took a second too long. Probably just scratch his heads about how you score something that's not a worldie from outside the box. Um, but, you know, we do that a couple more times. We're going to score some lovely goals. Well, and there's, there was a, there's another one with Hardy as well. I think it was in the first half where you, you remember you're playing against much higher quality goalkeepers. But it was a good stop as well. It wasn't, you know, a miss. It was a good stop. And I think there was one, you know, a classic Hardy where he kind of beat somebody on the outside and put it across the goal that you're so used to nestling in the net. There's a... There was a big upgrade yesterday. Like looking at that team that we were playing against, like on age, salary, experience, everything. I think we were on paper second best. But it, there was a touch of last year as well. But the, the closer it got to the end, the more you think we might nick this. Like much as I was, couldn't bear to watch it, deep down I was thinking we could do this here. Whereas my default setting three years ago would have been ninety fifth minute. Here we go. So I think the fitness. And that kind of substitution from last year, that thing, that really worked as well. Something I'd like to touch on, I think we picked up on it last week, the attack. It wasn't it wasn't looking at its fluid best, I think it's fair to say at times. I mean, there's a still going around uh, social media of Mumba um, essentially squandering opportunity and kind of running down a blind alley. And there was two moments actually in that run where he... I think it was two on five in Argyle's favour, then maybe two on four, where he he needs to release the ball a lot earlier. Um, and there was a few other opportunities like that where, you know, like I think we've all touched on it in this opening, in these opening moments of the pod. We're playing against higher opposition. We need to be more clinical. Um, and, you know, it was all right. We've got a draw. It's a great point away from home. And, you know, there's a front three that are new to each other, new formations. So there's no alarm bells from me. Barley, uh, uh, Barley will have had uh, he'll another day he'll score a goal out of nothing. You know, um, he's not going to do it. Every, well, if he does, if he's going to do it every week, we'll end up selling him for about twenty million quid. So um, he had a job to do yesterday. He will have been had, given some duties to do. Um, so he had some thoughts in his head about what he had to do defensively, and um, the shackles are on a little bit. Not not too much. Not sort of Gareth Southgate kind of levels, but enough. If um, just come on to you there, Archie. It's not a dig at the team, but I think. It was a good team performance. We did the 
the um we did the defending well um we wanted to try and attack them i thought we got better as the game grew on um and i think the chances were there i, I think you're right i think we've done better at upping the threat level from the counterattacks that we've created in games i've seen before um and yeah, in my mind, we're going to need to score goals in games like that because as well as, well as we defended, um, if we concede 20 shots in a game that the opponent's probably going to score and we can't beat ourselves up about it. So um, if I'm if I'm not, you know, what what gets us a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 yesterday is some, is some end products, but um, I'm, I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, Tom, exactly. You, you touched on a point I was trying to articulate to myself this morning over breakfast and I, I still haven't quite fully developed it but it's that concern of having conceded 20 shots there was some fantastic last ditch defending but uh, Aaron Kuzak or Kuzak I hopefully I haven't pronounced or butchered his name did some fantastic analysis which I really recommend anyone checking out on Argyle TV no free plug there for you Argyle TV um, about essentially Argyle presenting Watford with one too many chances and not stopping that what, at cross or final ball at source and then having to be that last ditch cha- uh, challenge and on another day which maybe is what Tom was alluding to you know Gibson doesn't make that challenge and it's one or two nil um, so again you know no major concerns from my end but um, as Aaron Kuzak perfectly summed up there's a loads of positives but as you can see still quite a bit for Shuey to um to work on on the training ground. Anyone like to challenge well, me on that? Because it wasn't a popular if, opinion this morning. If if you look at it through the lens of getting 101 points, I hear what you're saying. I actually think being able to not so much rely on last ditch. There's going to be a load of games this year where we have to play the way we did yesterday, and I think it's great that we can. Like if what what it showed me yesterday is that there is almost a plan C, if that makes sense. Because last year we had two plans to beat people. And yesterday we had a plan to make sure that we did everything we could not to lose. And can you read too much into it? But I, when you saw the Shuey post-match, he sounded quite excited about that. Like we watched them against last last week. We knew that we couldn't let them do that. We executed a plan and it worked. And if that plan involves lots and lots of last disc tackling, and a lot of their shots as well, like 20 shots, a lot of them, there was one or two that were very close, but there was a lot that weren't. And that says something as well. You know, there's, you can't Yeah, no, they, they, de- they definitely weren't too clinical, I would say. It's interesting reading uh, Watford fans on social media. Now they're kind of begging for a new striker, which seems like they're going to get, which says a lot. Just on that, did he make a save? Like, I don't think he made a save yesterday. I don't think they actually hit the target in those 20 shots. Um, and I get your point that in, on another day somebody would, but I still think there's something in there. Yeah, he did some interesting bits on Joe Edwards, essentially being turned inside out one too many times. Uh, Callum Wright not closing down, just some basics, which weren't kind of been do- done too well in the first half. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop my Aaron Kuzak um, plug here. He's on social media, you can go find him. He's a genuinely fascinating um pundit and coach, I think. Mark, we'll come over to you. Yeah, there's no surprise that Lewis Gibson and uh, Dan Scar that played well. They have to, to stay in the side. Because they we've got Bregafuelo or Pleggy to his mates um, on the bench and it's very likely that he will get his chance when we start conceding. Um, because from what we've seen so far, he looks a uh, top caliber defender so you know they've got competition uh, competition for places in defense yeah which is which is key there's competitions for places in goal midfield but not up top so that's something to be talked about later i believe yeah yeah we'll, we'll come on to our pursuits for our third striker in a little bit just to wrap up watford I would say it's a good point, a really, really good point. Room for improvement, but it's day two of the championship. Heck of a long way to go. And Archie, and... it was it was better than the week before. Let's let's not get yep. away. There's there's a few 
there's some analysis for the team to do and I and um I back them to do it, but it was better than it was a better performance, Huddersfield performance. I felt some individual brilliance papered over some cracks against Huddersfield. Um far better opposition. And that brings out the best of us. Think of last year, you know, we were great against Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday at home, you know, uh Forest Green, we we weren't so good, Fleetwood we weren't so good, Lincoln we lost. Um we thrive on being challenged. And you know we can we can we can take some we can take some punches. I tell you a, a, a um, positive out of yesterday is the stats um, don't didn't reflect the context of the game. Like Chris said, it was a nil nil. It was a really good game. It was a really good nil nil. It was really close. So I'm relying on lazy opposition staff, lazy pundits who don't bother watching the game, just looking at those stats and underestimating us. Um, and you know that's. That's great if that happens because you know underestimate us at your at your peril. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's a, definitely a step up. I mean, last week before recording, we were all kind of looking at each other, saying, "Are we being negative?" You know, it was good, a good, good three points, great start. But it, like you, like you say, Tom, maybe some individual brilliance, papering over, papering over some cracks. But I don't have that feeling this week. I know I've just listed one or two negatives, but that's totally fine. We got used to winning and really high quality football. So we're, we um, naturally, we kind of not used to seeing us not getting our own way. And that's pretty normal. But, you know, the, the pundits seem to be um, very enamored with our friends in um, southern East Anglia. Seem to think they're going to go all the way up. And look, if, if the rest of the championship is worried about them, look, we dispatched them last year. So if, if Ipswich are going to be the best team in the championship, then I've got high hopes for us. So you, you're saying my prediction of sixth is conservative again, Tom? Well, right? we're fourth at the moment, mate. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there you go. Two, two points checking. a game. Two points a game. Um, yeah, I think we may we may have underbaked it. <laughs> I'm glad we're not getting carried away. Um, Premier League won our way was the, was the chant from the Devonport last last week, I believe. All right, on that note of positivity, we'll take a wee break and then come back to discuss Leighton Orient and the road to Wembley. Yes, so like previously said, the road to Wembley has well and truly begun with a convincing win away or at home rather to Leighton Orient. Uh, the Wayne train left the station with two goals in the first half. Tom, you were there. What were your thoughts on the Wayne train? Finally arrived. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so I watched the game and a couple of... You've seen, uh, seen the goal and also the goal he scored that was ruled out. I didn't think that was offside. Um, good. Good for him. Good for confidence. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll take it for his confidence. My, my concern with Wayne is we had last year is we had the we had a nice team of three up front. We had... Hardy doing his thing, Cosgrove doing his thing, and Ennis could kind of do both. Um, Wayne comes in uh, and we've lost uh, Cosgrove and Ennis and we've got Hardy and Wayne. And, and, you know, Wayne, I'm not convinced he can do either to the level or the standard of those three players. Um, And I don't want to be harsh on the young man who's come in from a new league, um, relocated. He's um, got a lot to do i don't underestimate that but you know this is i don't want to play with our championship status on sentiment you know if he's not ready let's uh let's uh let's move on let's do something about it let's bring a couple of strikers in and put him out on loan um if that's what we need to do um, i'm concerned there guys he's a nice guy um and i get that we're all excited but um the more i watch him the more anxious i am as to whether he's ready or not Mark, do you want to offer some sort of defence for the Wayne train? Well, he's uh, scored two goals against Leighton Orient. He's earned us a plum tie against Crystal Palace. Premier League opposition, you know, uh, he scored some vital goals last season. It's, it's a huge step coming over from New Zealand, from Australia, Um yeah, we don't have much competition up front, you know. I don't. We have to be patient with him. Yeah, there is, there is, 
probable scope for him to bulk up, you know. But Tom's sort of suggesting that he could benefit from a loan spell at Truro, like Jeffcott did. I'm not sure we're in a position to. We just we we don't have the we don't have the bodies, you know. So you know he's he's our only option at the moment. It's up to the up to uh, Schumacher and uh, Juicep to change that to to provide some real competition for those spaces. Maybe then we can loan him out and bulk him up put him on a, a pasty diet and uh, hopefully not slow him down so much. I must stress, I do know very little about professional football guys. I can only say what I uh, see. Um, and yeah, strikers are hard to get. But, um, you know, um, it's a concern. I think the competition for, we need competition for places. Um, it felt like he was going to score when he came on yesterday, actually, against Watford in fairness. Um, probably didn't play enough minutes for a player rating, but um, he was he was pretty decent, and I'd made my point to Mark privately at that point. Um, yeah, so uh, if he wants to score anytime soon and put and uh, prove me wrong, I'm I'm all for it. Well, speaking about competition for places, we may not have it up front, uh, but in midfield, well, the rest of the pitch actually, we've got it, we've got it in abundance. And Tuesday night saw the debut. Um, of Plegi, Plegofuelo. Tom, we'll come back round to you as you were there in the ground. I mean, he was one of our marquee signings until uh, Whitaker and Mumba came along for two million altogether. How how did he look on Tuesday? Because it's the first time we've seen him. Great, classy, um, cultured to the extent of that words. What that word means, um, you know. Um, you can see immediately. Um, why um, so many big clubs have courted him throughout his young career. Um, he was at a disadvantage. He was suspended, so he couldn't play in the first game. The two centre-halves haven't done a lot wrong. Um, they were very good yesterday, in fact. So, um, And Plaguey couldn't have done much more on um, Tuesday. It was very comfortable, particularly first half. Um, he got a few touches on the ball, but Orin were shite. Um, he had a chance to score right at the end. Uh, would have capped it, capped off a nice sort of eight out of ten performance um, nicely, but he uh, he didn't get his knee over it. Um, yeah, really excited by him. Um, very happy with our business in defence, um, as well as we did last season. The data suggests we concede chances, and we've got defending to do, um, and we've got some high quality defenders. Um, it's a, it's a shame he can't play because he's obviously very good. He's left one of the best teams in Holland to come and play with the newly promoted championship side. Um, so we've courted him well there. I'm excited to see what he can do for us. I hope he stays for a long time. Um, and a dilemma, um, which is which is not a bad thing. Um, Considering we've got Galloway and Gillespie out injured, that defence is looking strong if everyone's fit. Yeah, they're injured. Just for context, Matt Butcher looked really comfortable at centre half. Um, that's this is uh, this is said we love Butcher, but I think it was more a reflection of the uh, test, uh, the level of testing they had on Tuesday. So I'm I'm mindful of that. Um, there's a bit of me that thinks obviously if you're going to play, if you've got a lot of defending to do, that Scar and Gibson look bulkier. It's a bit of a lazy observation, but I've not seen them um, plaguey tested yet, particularly. So. Okay, one last player we'd like to single out before moving on to the glamour tie that is Crystal Palace. It's Luke Cundall, our latest um, signing on loan from Wolves. He made his debut on on a Tuesday night and he played again at Watford. Looks like a classy player, doesn't he? He looked good on the ball. He's one of the few Argyle players who've actually got a season of championship football under their belt already, which... um, which is quite incredible, really, seeming considering rather how quickly or well we, the team's taken to Championship football. But he's um he's a veteran in comparison to the others. How did how did we how, how's he looking out? How did he fit in on Tuesday? He didn't have a huge role to play on Tuesday. Again, quite the opposition meant we moved it through the thirds really quickly. Um, from what I read at Cundall and what I saw uh, yesterday, um, just really good with the ball at his feet. I think um, I turned to. 
Mark and Chris here, I thought the uh, the thirty minutes that he was on the pitch yesterday was actually more telling of him. I don't know what you guys thought, but he was uh, he looked great when he came on. I think I yeah. Uh, I mean, if he'd have had ninety minutes at that level, he'd have been up there for man of the match. I think there's the, the guy again can play the game. Um, the, but uh, Tom, I have one question for you. Could you get Caribou in the ground <laughs> during the Caribou during the Caribou Cup? <laughs> Like, like, do we sell it? Do we promote it? Do we give it away? I bet the answer is no, isn't it? It was uh, there was a lovely pause there where I pondered about how uh, <laughs> intellectual this question might be. Um, That's a no, then. No, I've, I've no. never, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Um, Good. Uh, not, not. It's not high on my priority list either. Um, hopefully, we'll end up drinking it out of the League Cup when we win it at Wembley. Like, yeah, some shit. When we played Palace, like, you know, remember when we played Liverpool and we gave Klopp a giant pasty and it got put on the penalty spot, not to show, you know, that we were anyway inferior. Maybe we need some sort of welcome Roy Hodgson with like a 200 gallon thing of caribou. Uh, judging by him, yes, judging by him yesterday, lads, where he was throwing some punches, I don't think he needs any energy drinks. He's doing all right for 76. Talking of um, welcoming. Roy Hodgson, I would suggest that Crystal Palace at home is the perfect tie. Glamour tie, hopefully on TV. Glamour tie is in its Premier League. Winnable, I think. I would, I would argue it's actually really winnable. And it's at home. It ticks a lot of boxes for me. And hopefully it's a nice little money spinner for the club. Chris, will you be getting the Carabao out in a few weeks' time in celebration? Do you think we'll be causing a, a cup set? I think we've got every opportunity, yeah. I think the kind of geographically look and feel of the team, everything, they're a kind of slightly better Watford, aren't they? There's a lot of similarities, and I think we've got them at home. So I think we've got every chance. I think it'd be interesting to see how seriously they take it and how we take it, because fundamentally we're kind of going with our reserves. Um, what, what's interesting to me is that it's it's almost not the glory tie it would have been a few years ago. Like, oh, we've got a Premier League team coming down. We've got quite a few of those in recent history. So, yeah, it's a great tie, but it's also another game. Whereas I think not too long ago, we get in the second round, we've got Crystal Palace. You know, lines around the tickets box and, you know, people with flags and rattles and it's all over the TV. It's a sign of how far we've come, but it's... Yeah, I think we've got every chance to beat. Because about that imposter syndrome thing we said last week, mate. You know, 10, 12 years ago, playing Crystal Palace was meh. You know, they were at our level, really. And they're still at our level. All right, just the last 10 years, we've nearly gone bankrupt. So we've been playing Morecambe and Burton a few more times than they have. And they've, I think this must be their longest stint in the top flight, certainly in my lifetime. Um, I'm excited by it. I mean, I imagine they'll rotate. We'll have a choice to make because we've got some players... Uh, that we'll need to give some minutes. And uh, if we want to win the game, we'll probably have to play a good side. I'm hoping to catch up with Mark there. I don't know what your thoughts are, right, Mark. I'm looking forward to it already. It's a, it's a plum tie. Yeah, it's a, it's a winnable game, that's for sure, at home. Um, only thing is, we have Blackburn four days later also at home. And, you know, if results go our way, you know, we beat Southampton on Saturday. Go to Birmingham, get a positive result. We could be top of the tree. So, interesting to see what team Shuey does pick. I'd like to see Freddie Osaka keeping his spot at home. And, you know, as a 17-year-old, get a goal, get the get the limelight, get the attention on him, and um, just, just thrive on the moment. You know, those grab... I don't want us to pick a totally weakened side but I want to give the opportunity to people like Freddie Osaka, the youngsters mm-hmm. to really, really, really go for it. It's a free hit, really. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to sell Freddie for 10 million quid, are we, if he doesn't play any games? So, um, good to give him some minutes. Um, we're a bit light up front as well, so I don't want to really want to risk Cardi. As well, someone like Plagathello, Butcher, um, Randall maybe, if Cundles takes Randall's place against South... Uh, Hampton and Birmingham might, might you know, it might be that they, they play the minutes. He plays the minutes, sorry. And, um, you know, he's more than capable at that level. And if it's not Randall, then Cundall. We've got, um, we've got some depth. There's not much in it. 
And hopefully by then we'll have a bit more depth as well. That striker will be will be with us. And speaking of that striker, that's where we'll um, pick up on after the break as we talk about an incoming striker and the incoming visit of Southampton. All right, welcome back to part three, where we're going to look, first of all, at the striker. We're clearly missing at least one. Only got Wayne and Hardy at the moment, having lost Cosgrove and Ennis in the summer. And in the last week or so, Twitter has exploded with the names of Moore and Coburn. Coburn being at Middlesbrough, coming on loan, and Moore, obviously, at Bournemouth. Two very different players. Do we think we've even got a chance? In either. I mean, Coburn seems like an Argyle signing on loan at Bristol Rovers last season. Did very well. Called the tyre side uh, Harland or something like that. T side Harland, sorry. Uh, yeah, that feels to me like the natural fit. More, I'm not sure. The wages it gives me a minor heart attack. Anyone want to pick up on that? I try not to think of anything that I read on Twitter until it's substantiated in some way. Like half of my feed's trying to convince me to drink bleach to get rid of COVID or the equivalent. Like it, it does, <laughs> it, it's very simple to start a rumour. Like I think there was a couple of things that in the, in the previous signings where you started to see some like detective out there somewhere is on Instagram or similar and is looking at who likes it and then finds out that it's a friend and an agent. At that point, I'm like, okay, maybe something's coming here. But nothing would surprise me less than it's someone completely different than those two. Yeah, absolutely. We. It was a surprise to me that there were so many reports about Connor Hazard earlier on in the, you know, the, the season that we were about to sign him I, because that was not the way that we found out about transfers before under Juicenip and Schumacher. It was every very, very hush-hush and uh, very few Twitter rumours proved to be spot on. So I would treat these two with a pinch of salt. I do note that Sam Cosgrove is not getting much of a run at um, Birmingham City and his competition... Juskovic, um, Djukovic, apologies for the pronunciation, but he, he scored the winner off the bench. So there might be developments there because, you know, look at our recent transfer dealings, Whitaker, Mumba, all players that we know, um, loan signings. So there's no reason come the end of the transfer window, we might see Cosgrove if we don't, if we can't find anyone who's a real, real, real upgrade. I mean, you take Sam back right now, don't you, Sam Cosgrove? There's no, to me, I mean, he tailed off a lot last season. That's probably a pod within itself because he had quite a bizarre kind of season last 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 time out with his form up and down. But right now you take him back because Hardy and Wayne is not enough. Like Tom was saying, we can't even think about having Hardy playing in the cup because if he, if he gets injured, then we're really we're in major trouble. Oh, we'd like an upgrade. Um, the players you mentioned is it Kiefer Moore, West Country links. So I don't know if that's if there's something in there. I genuinely don't know um, if there. It looks like the kind of if you were going to start a rumor, that's where you'd go. But he got some minutes for a Premier League side yesterday, so uh, I'm not sure about that one. Plus wages, like Chris said, Coburn got some minutes. Does look like our kind of thing, but Middlesbrough. Are, bottom um and not scoring goals so I'm not sure they want to drop the competition unless they've got better plans for somebody cosgrove um cosgrove's won us some big games the beginning part last year i know you mentioned about the end archie and, and something <sighs> happened there, there was an incident i don't know much about it but um there seems to be um smoke there and with, with, with fire um but cosgrove won us some big, i'm just at sheffield wednesday who were the, one of the best sides that he came on and absolutely changed that game um, did well against Ipswich as I think, well. I would have him back rather than no one. Sorry, Chris. And I, I was going to say, there's a difference as well between an upgrade and a compliment. I think that there's... He's, he's, he's a big, solid, difficult-to-get-off-the-ball type of guy who happens to score goals as well. And I think, coming back to earlier, you never know what the Waynes and the Hardys can do if they are paired with someone 
of that stature. I think it, it isn't necessarily about an upgrade in talent. It's about a complement to when we rotate, do we need someone just a bit more Cosgrove, even if it's not him? Um, it's going to be difficult for Sam because I think I think we'll be honest with him. I think it's all pretty transparent. I think he's getting no minutes where he is, and he might get forty five with us, and he might on deadline day take that if we want him, um, or or we might not. Um, but you know, this is that, that's football. You know, you just have to know where you stand. I think if you're playing football professionally. All right, turning our attention to next Saturday, early kickoff. It's not quite a derby, but it's um, it's a big match. It's a big game and definitely our biggest test yet, albeit they've um, lost a few of their key players in recent weeks, have Southampton. But a huge step up from certainly the last home game in Huddersfield. Mark, how? what are your feelings? Do you think we'll do okay against them or are they going to give us a serious reality check? It's a great opportunity in front of the Sky cameras again. It's a great opportunity to go top of the table. Um, in the early kickoff, I just hope we don't have that um, imposter syndrome again and feel like it's Little Plymouth against this this you know big Southampton team come down from the Premier League. They were the worst team in the Premier League last season and lost a few players already. They're there for the beating, the letting four goals against Norwich, ordinary Norwich. Um, why why can't we beat them? Uh, we've got an imposing home record, 20 wins out of 24. There's 21 out of 24, actually. Absolutely confident, full of confidence, go top of the table yeah, and show you know, these sky cameras um, what we can do. Bring it on. I've had a little look at Southampton. They seem to be following the sort of Russell Martin, who's their manager, uh, playbook probably step by step um, in that they've got more possession than the Exorcist. Uh, don't always turn that into shots. When they do, they lose the ball and their defence melts like butter in the microwave. Um, almost like they don't practice it in training. Um, and certainly reviewing, not the full game, but their highlights against Norwich. Um, that was pretty evident. So they can be beaten. And our staff are great on game plans. Certainly in season we're home, we're shit at home, like Mark says. They won't be they won't be looking forward to it at all. Cameras there to pick up their embarrassing defeat to Plymouth Argyle. Um, I don't don't forget they lost to Gillingham. Little poxy Gillingham, to quote Mark Lovell in the cup last week, which was which was a huge upset, three one at Gillingham, and then they've gone and shipped a load of goals at home against Norwich, and had to cheat in the last minute with their penalty. By the way, absolute disgraceful decision. If anybody wants to have a look at that. Yeah, I did see that. And also, I don't think we can underestimate the... It's not just the players you lose, it's the instability in the squad. Like, I, a couple of my people I know are big Leeds fans, and, like, it's really hard because half the team doesn't even want to play. They don't want to get injured. They're just like, I don't want to play in this division. So that's quite hard to get around as well. Um, you know, the squad might still be strong, but kind of having to reformulate every week and is someone coming in? I think they're distracted. For what the, uh, that's probably the more concise way to put it. Um, so that could work in our favour as well. I think we've underestimated. No, we haven't. I, don't, I think we have identified and others have under, um, undervalued the stability. I think that's that four points is very much because we finished the season early, Yep, we're missing a striker, but we've got the core of, and the nucleus of a squad that was still here last year. There's no one that went that was not replaceable and hasn't been replaced. So I think that's massively in our favour as well. That when you watch us after the games, the walking around in the centre half, the centre pit, sorry, the centre circle, it's a squad. We've got a squad. And I think that goes a very long way. Look, we're not going to have much of the ball, um, whether they play well or not. Um... MK Dons uh, will like it. Swansea will like it. Russell Martin has a strategy. They get the ball, they keep it. Where they do, whether they do something with it, is a different thing. But we're not going to have much of the ball. And look, they've come down from the Premier League, so I'm not. I don't think we're being naive here. Um, you know, they've obviously got the ability to win the football match, Southampton. But we don't need another podcast on here saying how good they are. 
Yeah, we're we're going to have chances. Um, if, unless they've done their homework, um, you know, I think they could have a really rough afternoon. If they take their eye on the ball, Hardy's going to land one right on the nose, like he did the Sheffield Wednesday last year, very early on in that game. Let's just hope it goes better than the last time Russell Martin came to... Oh, no, he wasn't with MK Dons when he came to... When we got smashed at home park, it was um, Liam Manning. Yeah, well, still, no, well, we, we, we've... Um, We've struggled against them previously, but we were like that against Ainsworth, you know, when we worked them out mm. last year. Mm. Um, our guys will have a plan. Our guys will have a plan. They know we're not going to get the ball, and we've got. It's not like we've got a plan A and we haven't got a plan B, like in the Ryan Lowe days. Yeah, we can get the ball to Mumba, to Whitaker, to Hardy, through balls, direct play, get some shots on goal, and get the uh, get the first goal. You know, get the first goal. We're going to be really, really hard to beat at home if we're one them up. Should we have a little um, whip round predictions? How do we think we'll do? Mark, I'll um, come to you first, our beacon of positivity. What are you thinking? Strangely enough, actually, I'm going to go for Plymouth Argyle 3, Southampton 1. Fantastic. Chris? I think we might lose 2-0. Oh, Chris. <laughs> well, we... There's still there's still a point at which one of these good teams turns up, right, yeah, and just yeah. has a good day. So I'm just kind of doing the be negative and hope for the best. There's every reason I think that could not happen. By the way, I think if they score early, then then it's a mountain. Oh, we said it last year, never happened. Port Vale, Port Vale and Lincoln. So be, we'll 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 need you when Rotherham come into town, mate, to get us uh, get us in jack. But we're gonna win two one. Yeah, I I agree with Tom. I'm going. I'm going two one. I'm more worried worried about Birmingham. They're on a high. I think that's the game after new owner, matey boy, Tom Brady, isn't it? That worries me. Southampton at home. There's a boat rocking there. Possibly pressure's certainly on them. Lost some big players. I'm confident, and I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. And that's what you notice. Or from at least for me, the difference is that every game is just so. There's so much to get excited about, isn't there? I know last season was great, and I'm not saying that it wasn't. But having these huge games every week, blockbusters every week, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, bring it on. Can't wait. All right, we're going to take a rogue break um, as we prepare our minds and body for a bit of a shoey spiel. We'll be back in a sec. Okay, before we dive on into the quiz, Mark, I can't have you on and not talk about it. Today, you were um, at the Harry Kane press conference down in Munich. How was that for an experience? Very special day. They even laid on fish and chips for the all the uh, assembled journalists, which was a personal highlight. They were a little bit salty, but never mind. Um, no, he, he's going to... He's going to be a real. This was a real coup for Bayern Munich, yeah, and uh, he'll be an amazing uh, goal scorer for them, you know. But he'll be judged by what he can do in the in the Champions League. Bayern have won the Bundesliga eleven years in a row. They probably win it with me up front or Sam Cosgrove, even. Um, he'll be judged. Their high, holy grail is the Champions League, so you know that's where he will make a difference for them. You know, go. did you did you did you say Mark Lovell reporting from Pilgrim's podcast or did you um, the... <laughs> something similar similar like that Pilgrim's <laughs> podcast Pilgrim's pod something like that yeah when you no, said the uh, really when you said the chips were salty I was waiting for saltier than than an Ipswich Twitter fan um, <laughs> very good that's good well Mark I'm going to bring you back down to earth now you can't we can't all be at um, Harry Kane press conferences as we have a bit of um, Shoey spiel. Now, I try and keep it related to the games that are gone or coming up. And Watford was a great opportunity. Um, we've got some history there, some heartache that you've been at, Mark, on two occasions, two FA Cup defeats in 84 and 07, both 1-0 defeats. Your eyes are closed right now. Your face is screwed up. Dare I ask you, how was it? 
one of Argyle's, I was going to say biggest day. Yeah, it was one of their biggest days, wasn't it? Yeah. Especially a semi-final. 1984. Take well, me back. Yeah, that 1984 will always stay with me. It's the first time I ever cried at a football match. Probably the only time. Um, still think that that was a game that we should have won. They had the, you know, they scored the only goal with the only moment of real magic and brilliance. John Barnes down the wing, the cross to George Riley. We, yeah, we were on paper the third division side, but we, we deserve better. And everyone, all the pundits on the day said that, you know, we deserve to take it to extra time. You know, it was a real shame. Yeah. And I remember it was just a, another of those missed opportunities, you know, Kevin Hodges, that ball's just wiggling past the post. It was horrible. Yeah. And then, and then 07, that was almost like a replica in terms of the scoreline and Argyle fielding hard, hard done by under Holloway. And that was another game where, you know, we were at home, we had all the play and somehow when asked the question, Ben Foster had the game of his life in goal. Really tremendous display of goalkeeping from Ben Foster. And uh, there was there was one. Was it a free kick or a volley that was really you know the, the old cliche around just you know it was going in the top corner and it was that yeah. arm up. At it. Yeah, like a, a wonder save. Nallis or Norris, not an Argo wonder save, a genuine brilliant save. You just in left the game thinking, how did we lose that? How did we lose it? It was just ah oh, so frustrating. But uh, when you're an Argo fan, it's like, you know, that's why it's so special at the moment, because we're experiencing different emotions, more positive emotions. And it's amazing for uh, a fan like me to, to come on a podcast and really believe that we're going to beat Southampton next week 3-1. So let's concentrate on that <laughs> rather than all the nonsense against Watford. That's done and dusted. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to, we're going to, going to have to linger on it a, a bit more. Listen, if you haven't guessed so thus far, we're going to be um, that's going to be our theme for this week's quiz: the two cup defeats against Watford. And what I'll I'll be asking the, <laughs> the, the guys on the pod will be to name. Chris, you can't give Watford score was one 0 twice. You, you can't give up yet. Do, I've even said the I, question. You, you, you're going to have to name all Argyle players that played in those games. Not both. Obviously, no one played in both games. But the players that played in 07 and 84. Argyle only. I'm not interested in the Watford lot. Just the Argyle players that played in those two prestigious games. Are there any questions before we um, kick things no, off? No, I think we'll... I fancy this on this one. Uh, I remember the 07 game very well. Um, I won't tell you what I was doing in 1984, but I certainly wasn't watching Argyle. Um, I, uh, go on, mate. Do teamwork, teamwork. Yeah, well, I, 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 I had the VHS. I had the VHS, um, and I'm and I think I could make. I do do well on that. But Mark, if you were there, uh, that said, I've just taken a breath and I'm trying to remember that 07 team. I think I've, I've said before. I remember, I remember exactly where I was in that 84 game. I was at my grand's house. And I watched any which way but loose. <laughs> With a fight in orangutan. All right. Well, we'll see how your fight is here today, Chris. Um, I'm expecting big things from you. <laughs> you had, sorry, Chris, you said question, mate. So what we're going to do is, is it any order or do you want to tr- us try this? We'll start. We'll start. We'll go Chris, Tom, Mark. Um, Mark, I'm expecting you to wipe the floor. With the others, as you are an expert on Watford cup defeats so all you need to do is name an argyle player that you think played in one of those two games and that's it any questions start 11 you start 11 well, start 11 anyone to, that set foot on the pitch whether it was a last minute substitution or they started right as long as they played set foot on the pitch and played in that game that's all i'm interested well, in so no not an unused sub i'm gonna ask tom how do you want to play it tom because you know i'm very uh, 84-ish. Yeah, you you just run off 84. I'll run off 07, Chris. If you, it's could. not meant to be. You're not meant to be teaming up. You're not meant to be pitting you against each other. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm a lover, not a fighter. So you just you just said you're you're confident, and now you're looking to. I'm I think we that. want to just beat the quizmaster, really. Um, and, and and Chris, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't come across so well uh, on audio. Right, Chris is smiling. Um, but he's here for moral support. I can't. I can't remember who I said was going to start first. Uh, Tom, 
for that lip, I'm going to start with you. Put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, I'll go 07 then. I'm going to start with Kevin Gallon. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, an unexpected one. Mark? Okay, I'll start with the goalkeeper in 1984. I'll try and do it, gentlemen. I'll do it defence after that. Okay, so you know where I'm going. Jeff Crudgington, my opening partner for Tavistock Cricket Club. Thank you. Impressed. Chris? Kevin Hodges. Yep. Tom, we're on to you. Uh, Dan Gosling. Yes. Actually, um, started that game. At 16, I believe. Got... 16, me? 16 years old, I think. Yeah. And he got subbed off at half-time, though. There's a little clue for you. I wonder who came on. Mark? Um, Gordon Nisbet, former policeman. best One of the best right-backs we ever had. You really are flexing today. Yep. Fantastic. Chris? Tommy Tynan. Yes. Tommy Tynan. Tom. It's sort of a weird 1984-2007 stereo as we're <laughs> putting this list together. Um, uh, one of my favourite players to play for Plymouth Argyle, pure class Lillian Nallis. Yep. Number four, Frenchman. Mark. All right, Chris Harrison, centre half, Salt Ash, boy. Well done, fantastic. What I'm trying to do here is think of the '88 team because I was at that game, and there must have been. That's where was um, Uzel. Yeah. Yes, fantastic, John Uzel. Tom. We're back to you. You're, you're just taking this 017 by yourself. Uh, still playing now. Scott Sinclair scored a fantastic goal away at Barnet. Um, my favourite piece of commentary on any football match, that from uh, my good friend Gordon Sparks. And uh, a great goal in the game against Derby before that to seal that tie. Scott Sinclair. Yeah, fantastic. He's currently playing at Bristol Rovers, but we, uh, we won't judge him for that. Mark? Lindsay Smith, the uh, unfortunately couldn't quite mark George Riley for the goal, but he was a good centre half. Yeah, you're doing fantastically well on that 84 team. Not, not, not many left at all. Only three or four, in fact. Chris, I think I know another one. Given you excluded me at the start, like right, Tom and Mark, you're going to do this. Um, get it wrong. <laughs> Watch him get it wrong. <laughs> Gordon the Gopher. No, Lee. Was it? Was Lee Cooper still there? Or was he there then? Yes. In the captain, I imagine. Chapter. Thank, thank God you got that right. <laughs> Some. Um, okay, up front with Kevin Gallon would have been Sylvan Ebanks, Blake, him, and uh, Dan Gosling both slid in for the ball that fizzed across the goal line best chance of the game didn't quite make contact yeah great name great name Sylvan Ebanks Blake yeah a real Holloway signing that one number nine bought from Manchester United not many players we bought from them Mark Stanny Gordon Staniforth yes Really, not many left in that 84 team now. Only two to go. That 07 team needs a bit of love. Chris. Was the other Cooper playing then, or am I two? No. Is that a yellow card? Can we give clues, Archie? Chris, there's a 07 back four one of the best back fours Argyle's ever seen that's not got a mention 07 one, one of them mate hasn't uh, didn't uh, only just retired came back to Argyle for a spell 
left. One of them married a chairman's daughter. One of them was a Starrick Stormwalt. Oh, God, our gold players raiding on my head like Tetris. Do you remember the Mighty Magyar's mate? Mighty Magyar's mate? Was Pisaki playing then? We had him. No, stick with that nationality though. This is a lot of help. Um, come on, Halmosi? come on. Yes, yes. Peter Halmosi. <laughs> Never in doubt. Or Halmosi, as my um, former boss, who was Hungarian, used to tell me off. Or Halmosi, I believe. I have to give him a text after this. Dumb. I want to get involved in 84. Um, You're risking it there. Am I? Risky. Am I? I've, seen, two left. I've seen many... Uh, repeats of it and heard many a tale about um, Andy Rogers' corner to get us there. Um, so I'm going with Rogers. Well well played. Well played. That leaves leaves you, Mark, with one player left from that beloved 84 team. Well, in that case, I best switch to 2007 while I think uh, about who was in midfield in Villa Park that day. 2007, Luke McCormick in goal. Yeah, fantastic. Chris, how are you feeling? Confident? So confident you're on mute. <laughs> we had Norris yet. Did he play? He did. Number seven, David <laughs> Norris. Someone, men someone mentioned it earlier. There you just, go. Just to oh, be the, clear, the, the volley chat yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Tom. Ooh, at risk of a yellow card because I wasn't entirely paying attention. Um, uh, probably the sort of surely our best player of the '84 side was. Uh, it's going to be Dave Phillips, isn't it? Well done. That's '84 done and dusted. Great career after that. It was uh, one of our uh, best players that we've had, really. I yep. suppose. Yep. Absolutely. Um. Let's go for Marcel. Five. Sipe. Sipe. Yes. Fantastic. You didn't want to mess with Marcel Sipe on a night out, that's for sure. Chris. Are you bow are you bowing out gra graciously? Dumbe? He was about then. No. But you Was he like twenty? 23. Why did he play yesterday and I've just forgotten? He was not even on the bench, actually. Yeah, he would have been around even oh, yeah, at that time. That, that was his era. That was his era. I wonder if he was injured. Tom? Yeah, uh, the player I was alluding to earlier to Chris to give him a helping hand that just retired is uh, a guy who was uh, on compare duties in hospitality on Tuesday night against Leighton Orient. That's Gary Sawyer. Very young, Gary Sawyer. Yeah, I was impressed to um, know, that, know that he was starting then. He was really young. Excuse me, I don't have his age in front of me, but yeah, I did not know he was starting games back then, 2007. Impressive. Mark, Yeah, it was a funny, funny career that he had because he ended up, he, he played yeah. a lot of games for Exeter, which is unfortunate. Anyway, I digress. What about Timar, the beast? Yes, iconic defender. Christian Timar. So is that 10 or 11 we have? So we've got two left. So that will probably be you, you done, Mark. Two left what of, uh, of oh, yeah, right. What position? What positions? What we've we got... got Inverted wing... fullbacks. <laughs> well, hang on. Let's check. We've got okay. Scott, Sin... <laughs> Sorry. Scott Sinclair was subbed off. I don't trust your maths. I don't trust your maths. McCormick in goal. Defence. Sawyer... Oh, we've got three left. Apologies, we've got three. Sipe. So that's three defenders. Midfield, Gosling, Nallis, Norris, with Halmosi on the wing, Blake up front, Kevin Gallin. And Scott, Sin and, and Scott Sinclair. That's 11. Sinclair. Three left. Remember, substitutes. We've got to get the subs. I said anyone that plays on pl sets foot on the pitch. And Holloway used all three. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, oh. no. He went quick. He went, he went quick. So, Tom. 
Um, striker, you can stay the striker theme. Striker. I've, I've got it, Barry Hales. Oh. <coughs> Great story about Barry Hales taking my parking space on the uh, final game against Burton. Still love you, Barry, if you listen. Um, Shelley. If that's the story, if that's the story, it's not that bad. <laughs> 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 Barry Hales parked in my parking spot. Right, come it's on, it's going to move on. the worst on. anecdote I've ever had. <laughs> there's, there's more to it. But, um... I bet it was his. It probably it is. Oh, it's the way I tell him. Um, Shelley, Paul there, Connolly. There... Yes, thank you. Thank you. I thought we'd never get there. Paul Connolly. And there's one more player that we have not got and is, along with Shelley and Luke McCormick and Norris, I think he's the only Sturrock player left in that team. Northern um, Irish. What was, sorry, what was nationally? Northern Irish. Um, Capaldi. Yeah, P um, Tony. Peter Capaldi. Tony Capaldi. Tony Capaldi. Capaldi, Scottish. <laughs> no, not, Doctor Doctor, Who. not Doctor Who. Yeah, the football player. <laughs> Uh, that's definitely a red. All right. Sorry, well sorry. done. We did well. You did well. We improved on last week's catastrophe. There's no tantrums. There was a bit of teamwork. We're going to bed very happy. Okay, we'll leave it there and we'll be back next week to discuss, hopefully, a fantastic win on Saturday lunchtime against Southampton. Until then, thank you ever so much for listening and have a fantastic week.